good to go. Thank you guys today. Let's give our worship team, our media team, our whole team. I tell you, I just, let me tell you, it is his teamwork that makes the dream work. And together, everyone can achieve more. We're, we're better together. Oh, I've got a whole bunch of them, but I won't give it all to you right now. Let me tell you, it's just uh, the, if we could begin to understand the exponential power that exists in this room alone, you would not spend one more day in discouragement, but encouragement. Because God is moving through his people. When I look out upon the face of this crowd, I see a beautiful group of people. I see revival. What I see is individuals who have been transformed into the image of God. That's what we define as revival. We are having a series of meetings here at the end of the month. A very blessed brother and sister are going to be here to minister the word. But what we understand and what we're looking for is transformation. We're looking for the Holy Spirit to move in a mighty way. Thank you for being here today. I want to say thank you, all of you, for all the precious gifts that you brought and the cards. Uh, many of you went to the store, bought a card, put a gift in there. And I just, I'm just more than appreciative. I just want to thank you for blessing me on my birthday. I'm, I am 35 years old. And, and I uh, just, just get, oh, thir- that's not believable. So, all right, well, we'll keep moving on. All right. Let's look here, if you will, in John's Gospel, the 16th chapter, John 16. I'm going to turn here. John 16. We're going to start reading in the fifth verse. The title of this morning's message is The Helper is Here. The Helper is Here. He's not coming. He's already here. It's not days ahead. It's right now. Father, we come before the throne of grace just to say thank you, Father. But Lord, we as the lost were pursued by you and brought in to this loving relationship. Lord, we are so grateful that, Lord, you took us out of darkness into the light, which is the life of Jesus, that we may share life with you. Now, Father, I pray today that you will move in this house and in the hearts of your children. Lord, I pray that we individually and we corporately as the body of Christ will begin to understand the day that you privileged us to live in. I pray, Holy Spirit, as I speak of you today, I pray for your help to guide the hearts. Pray for the anointing. And everybody said amen. Once you look here as Jesus is teaching and he's talking to his disciples and it is, it is the, the hours of his life that are coming to a close as we would know him walking on the face of the earth. We see here that he is having conversations with his disciples and how many know those, those last words many times are the he's wanting them to understand he's wanting them to get it and so we have the chapters in John that he shares the intimate conversations with his disciples as he shares with you and I but I want you to look here in John 16 he's telling his disciples that he's going away but now I go away to him who sent me 
None of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Understand, God will never tell you a lie. Jesus will never tell you a lie. It is to your advantage that I go away. And if I do not go away, the helper, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. This is what he will do. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, before we get headlong into that, I just, I want you to know this. You are not alone. If you're not a child of God, you can become a child of God because God has never intended for you to be alone. Jesus became human for the paramount reason to bring you into relationship with the Father, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. To be in that relationship. There's our forefathers would call that the perichoresis, the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now Jesus resurrected from the dead, who is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is has always and never not been God, but now he sits at the right hand of the Father as a human being because he brought us into that relationship eternally. Amen? And it's a beautiful thing to understand that God from the very beginning's desire was for you and I to have a relationship with him, to bear his image here on earth. We see here that there was a diabolical twist that took place as there was a temptation that came about. And that temptation was you could be like God in the garden. But instead, what we got is God is like us. Amen? Well, me and the Lord, we have this understanding. Well, if it doesn't align up to the word, then it's not the right understanding. But the, whole, the Lord Jesus came back, and we are privileged, folks, to be living when we're living. I know it doesn't always feel that way, but God has entrusted the last day harvest to his church. And so it is a privilege to be a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, part of his body where he is the head. But we see, as Jesus was explaining to his disciples, it's going to be to your advantage that I go back to the Father. They didn't fully understand, though they may have heard Jesus say that he was going to die and rise again. They didn't, they didn't comprehend that. They were still looking for the material manifestation of the kingdom of Israel to be rule and rulers and, and reign over the earth. And it, and it wasn't the timing yet. But there would be a spiritual reality that took place. Now, when he ascended back into heaven, we know on the day of Pentecost was fully come according to the word of the Lord, according to what we know and believe. In the book of Acts, the second chapter, there was a, the, the, as they were gathered in that upper room, they began to pray, and the Holy Spirit came in like a rushing mighty wind. And the fire 
rested upon each of them. Fire was there to give us the ministry and the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is to refine, which is to illuminate, and also to melt hearts. Now, when the children of Israel came out of the wilderness wandering, they were led by a, a corporately, they were led by a pillar of fire. Now, on the day of Pentecost, there was fire setting upon each one of their heads. We each have our own personal pillar of fire guide us into the things of God and corporately we come together and we see uh, the manifestation of the Spirit of God because the Lord exponentially increases the power when we come together so as we look here we see the ministry of the Holy Spirit what will he do when he comes and he is here Jesus said that he would reprove the world of sin Reprove the world of righteousness and reprove the world of judgment So there is a reproof also means a a, a convincing means a, a, a bringing to an understanding of sin which is targeted to Adam The first Adam not the last Adam the first Adam then we see righteousness and we we're going to see Christ in the righteousness and then we see judgment which is aimed at our adversary and all three of those points are important all three of those need to be within the illumination of our understanding why did the uh, did the, pill, the the fire rest upon each one of them rest upon their heads it's because it was illumination of our mind and our understanding because until we know the truth of God's Word and what he speaks is truth and not a lie and start listening to the truth we're not gonna have the freedom do you understand today you have as much freedom as you're willing to receive as you're willing to receive truth but we have discovered that the enemy is a true enemy and he is horrid at bringing our thoughts into misalignment with truth trying to keep us in this alienated mindset that we have been delivered from from the very moment that Christ said it is finished so as we look here I want us to see when the Holy Spirit the intercessor the helper as John calls him some translation say helper intercessor consoler we talked this morning in life class about the grief that many were walking through as a loss of a loved one you know the Holy Spirit is the consoler he's right there with you he knows what you're going through he's the encourager the comforter he is our advocate and I hope before we leave this service today that what we begin to understand is that the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three, but they are one. They are unified. 
They are one. In other words, it's not the angry father who sent uh, his son as a sacrifice uh, so that he could uh, beat the snot out of him so that we, you and I could, could come back into relationship because God's anger needed to be taken care of by whipping the dog out of his son instead of us when he ultimately wanted to whip us. So we get in our mind that there is a duality between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. No, the Lord shows us his love by giving his Son. And when he gave his Son for our sacrifice for our sin, it was to display the, the very hostility that sin kept us from the Father. And now understand the advocacy, the advocacy between the Father and man is not Jesus standing there pleading on your behalf to the Father. Because it was the Father's idea to send the Son so that he could bring you back to himself. So the hostility would be taken care of. But the Holy Spirit's ministry is to advocate the Father's love, the completed work of Christ to us. God the Spirit, God the Son, God the Father are three, but one, they are completely in unity and will always and forever will be. And when Jesus stood, you look out the, the number of references in the book of John alone where Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He's the one waiting on the roadside for you to turn and come back to him. He's the one running after you. He's the one who has wept over your sins and the loss of your inheritance. In the church, we as sons can have three different mindsets. We can be interested only in the gain, angry for the losses, or we can be revealing the Father's heart. And I'm referring to the prodigal sons. The prodigal son, which we should maybe label that something else, <laughs> the heart of the Father. I know it's about the prodigal, and we always praise the prodigal. Oh, look, he was the hero. He wasn't the hero. He was wanting his father to die. He asked for the inheritance, which inheritance would not be given until unless the father was dead. And he's saying, I'd rather have my stuff than you. I don't care if you're dead. I want my inheritance. The other son that was there, he wasn't concerned about what the father was concerned with, was the loss of his son. But his concern was with, with what, what cost him. I'm only interested in what's gonna, what it's going to cost me. But the third son telling the story reveals the heart of the Father. As we look here to the word of the Lord, what we see is that the Holy Spirit, the helper, the encourager, the advocate, the one who is here to, um, here to give us and reveal to us the heart of the Father. Jesus said, I, I've got to go. I've got to get back to the Father because only then can I release to you God the Holy Spirit. And when God the Holy Spirit comes, 
he will come in such a way where he will begin to convince, he will begin to reprove, he will begin to convict, he will begin to correct the faulty understanding of humanity. He will begin to show that the Father and the Spirit and the, and the Son are all one and he is conveying a message that there is sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because they see me no more, and of judgment because the prince of this world has been judged. Now the sin there that we see in the world, what we understand is what the Bible tells us sin is, is when we are born into a world and there is sin that crouches in all of our hearts because, we are, because the first Adam, the first man sinned and the sin is passed on to all of us. This misbehavior of cataclysmic proportions is rampant in our land today many things that the accuser don't you know the accuser of the brethren will not only accuse you to God he will accuse God to you he will tell you all the mishaps and misunderstandings and all the disease and all of the torment and all of the torture comes from God he's a bald-faced liar if you can hear those voices, that's not God and that's not the truth. The Lord left us here as his image bearers on earth to walk as he would walk on earth. And when Jesus Christ came, he didn't come in order to be example for us. Get this, church. He is the example of us. He didn't leave a, a, a rule and a standard that we got to keep continually trying to work to meet, meet that, that rule and that standard. He said, no, I'm going to put the rules inside of you. I walk this way, thus I need you to walk this way. This is why I made you to walk like me. I created the first Adam completely and entirely innocent, and he was to walk and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, everything that creeped and moved. He had dominion, but he gave it up when he walked in disobedience. But when the last Adam came, as we bore the image of the man of dust, we now bear the image of the heavenly one. I love the Passion Translation because it says that Jesus, in that verse prior to that, said that Jesus came to create a whole new race of people. A new race of people. You know why I can go across the sea and I can meet someone in the, in the church and though we may not speak the same language, we feel a kindredness uh, in our spirit. We go down to Mexico and we minister there and there are brothers that I just feel like brothers and sisters in Christ and I, I feel you, I feel as closer to them than I do my natural family. And I don't speak a word they speak without a translator. But we have this understanding, how is that? It's because we are part of the family of God. We are in relationship with the Son and we belong to Him. And let me tell you, the, there is, there's no race outside of the... Let me, let me correct that. There's a new race. There's a new race. Because every tongue, every tribe, every nation is going to be represented around the throne of grace. And we, uh, we're going to be there around the throne of grace praising God that we are a part of the family of the Lord. Amen. So you may not speak my language, and I may not speak your language. But the love is no less. 
we're part of the family of God of sin <laughs> I love you brother I love you that's what that's my brother from another mother right there we're born on this close to the same day so we're almost twins okay of sin because they do not believe in me that word sin there it does mean missing the mark it's an archery term but it means more than that if you look a little deeper in that word missing the mark because we're like well there's a mark we're gonna shoot at it all we missed oh dang I'm in sin it means more than that I mean there's a target of life there's a synergy there's a there's a place that you focus that you look to that word missing the mark means to not be a part of no share means more than that it means a forfeiture of what is yours because you've missed the mark the emphasis is on the self origination of self-empowerment nature doesn't originate with empowered by God and if it's not a faith it's sin but what Adam and Eve were afforded was the Garden of Eden they were given dominion and rights within that garden but whenever they partook of the tree of knowledge and good and evil what did they give up they gave up their inheritance they got the, gave up their authority they gave up their rights in the kingdom they were banished from that garden and that garden would come back in the last Adam but it's gonna first off manifest in the spirit of the man before it manifests in the natural of the man see what the last Adam gave up was that that inheritance that authority that blessed rights that is afforded to a child of God but the Lord said no this was the original plan and they chose the wrong tree now I'm gonna come back as the last Adam and I'm gonna restore to them their rights their inheritance and the relationship and they'll only need to know that there's one mark there's only one target and his name is Jesus and it's in the completed work of Jesus Christ that I'm going to convince the world that's the only way that you can make it back to the Father it's not your works that's going to get you there you can't work hard enough to get there rules cannot regulate behavior only relationship with the living God can regulate my behavior I do what I do because I love him because he first loved me I don't need a list of rules to know what pleases and what does not please the Lord and it's the Holy Spirit that brings conviction I'm glad there wasn't anybody sitting on that second row if I splashed over on you Pam I'm sorry just believe it's anointed okay I just seen this big water spit and it totally distracted me so forgive me 
I know I should have just gone on, but I'm like, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> Jesus spit in the dirt. Give me some dirt. It won't hurt. Come on. But we see when Jesus came, he brought us back into relationship. There's a lot of folks in the world today that have given up. They've given up the image that God has meant for them to live because they have this darkened understanding. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to illuminate our understanding. Understand that rules will never regulate the nature of the man. You can shackle the man in the Gadarenes and you can hold him down, but let me tell you, he will always get loose with that nature. It's only when that nature has been changed by a born-again Spirit of the Lord inside of that person who takes him from the enslavery of sin, Satan, and self and brings him into relationship with the living God. Now, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit has come. And I know that the church in this last hour have tried to push him over into the side and say, well, the gifts are for a bygone era. Well, the gifts of the Spirit are not for public display. Oh, just, we don't need to worry about tongues and interpretation, prophecy, healing, and faith. Let me tell you, if we've ever needed the manifestation of the Spirit of God, it is in the day that we are living right now. It is in a relationship with the living God. Let me tell you, the world is dying and going to hell. And the helper is here. to convince that individual that there is only one answer to your problem. We don't have relationship problems. We've got a lordship problem. We don't have a financial problem. We've got a lordship problem. We don't have a sin problem. We've got a relationship, a lordship problem in our land today. God, the Holy Spirit, has come to convince the world of sin because they don't believe in the sacrifice made. And he said, that's the fallen state of man. The Holy Spirit is interested in the lost. I, I love, and I'm just going to touch on this, and I know Dennis will get up here and preach it better than me. But we had, a, I mentioned a lion here the other day. He came up to me and he's, he shared a, a thought with me. How that a, a lion tamer can control a lion with just a simple chair. Why? Because a lion cannot focus on multiple things. And so the, the four legs of that chair keeps that lion confused. And if that lion tamer would ever put that chair down, that lion tamer better not be inside that cage. Because what he would not be able to do is to conquer that lion. That lion would conquer him. Let me tell you, in this scenario, church, you're the lion, and the enemy's the lion tamer, and he is controlling the church through the lack of focus, through a distraction in the world. Anybody distracted today? Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. 
magpie, you shine, every shiny object, every theory, everything that comes along, everything that Facebook pours out, oh, everything that the news is pumping, 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 confusion. Do we? Don't we? Do we? Don't we? Do we? Don't we? It's total confusion. What do we do? Get our focus on the mark. Look at the target. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And guess what? You'll swap away that, that chair, and now that lion tamer is going to be running because the church is focused. Please pray this prayer with me. I was, I was struggling this morning, and the Holy Spirit told me to preach this message. But I, I, do, have a, I, I do have some thoughts. Amazingly originated from the Lord. But I want you to begin to pray this prayer. Father, bring an open heaven over our heart and open heaven over this house. Because I believe, folks, when we get to that place where we understand that we have the right to an open heaven over our heart, over our home, over our house, we're going to begin to see the manifestation of the glory of God and measures we cannot even begin to contain. Of righteousness because they see me no more interesting as we look at that passage of righteousness because they can't see me anymore what does that mean to you and I as the Lord addresses his righteousness compared to man's righteousness the Holy Spirit will declare to you what true righteousness is and without the Holy Spirit's guidance in these areas we will make up our own righteousness our own righteousness now I'm not gonna start throwing stones too hard too hard today but I, I just want to I just want to tap into your imagination right now can you think of a just a few things and don't don't blurt them out can you think of a few things that we as the church create as righteousness that's really not righteousness because righteousness Yes, it will manifest, manifest itself in a certain way. Your relationship will regulate your behavior. I don't do the things that I used to do because I'm not the nature that I used to be. I have been born again. I am part of the family of God, and now I'm discovering. I don't have a dual nature. I have a, I have a nature that is uninformed. I have a heart that needs to know who I am and I don't make any excuses as to why I wouldn't walk in a holiness before God holy separated from sin and holy set apart to God that's what holiness means being separated from sin son daughter of God you've been separated from sin through the power of the righteous act of the Lord Jesus Christ it's not something you did it's what he did the Holy Spirit is here to tell you I'm your helper and I'm gonna help convince you that you are not I'm gonna encourage you today that you are not who you were you have been born again when you accept the sacrifice now I just didn't bring you out to leave you out I brought you out to bring you in to a fellowship and a relationship with the living God mm. righteousness is being in right standing before God righteousness I know you probably get you, you probably don't get near as nervous as I do when people start rattling my box of beliefs. Well, leave my stuff alone. My wife was using a, my senior ring that is an example this morning. I won't go into it right now. But I was thinking in my heart, you better not lose that girl. Oh, I said it out loud. Okay. So I'm, I'm good on that. 
Keep me honest. All right. I want you to hear this today. When the worshiper brought the sacrifice for the sin, the priest take that lamb and he would comb, push back the wool, he would look at the face, ears, look at the feet. He would examine that sacrifice, see if there was any blemishes. Then he would take the sacrifice and give it back to the worshiper. The worshiper would kill the sacrifice. But see, the priest didn't examine the worshiper. He examined the sacrifice. Freedom just landed on somebody. He didn't look at you and I. He gave us, through our sins, we slew the lamb. His death was a sacrifice for my sins. When the Father looks down from heaven, as he said, I'm a, I, I created an ark which represents my son, but the cherubims bow and there the blood will be. I call that the mercy seat. There's going to be a blood stain on there of years and years and years of blood that has been sprinkled over just to bring them to the place. All of that innocent blood, all of that innocent blood, all of that innocent blood that has been scrutinized and looked over. And I have examined the lamb. I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to meet you there. We're in covenant. Not because you're worthy, but because I make you worthy. Not because of your sacrifice, but because of the sacrifice of my son, I'll meet you right there. Oh, disciples, hear me. I've got to go. I've got to get back to the Father because I've got some really good news. It's better than the news you ever thought you was going to receive. I've got to go back to the Father because I have been scrutinized and they haven't found anything in me. They've looked me over. The law has gone and he wiped, pulled back, looked at my feet and my eyes and my teeth and my tongue. They couldn't find nothing wrong with me. Why? Because I am God and I'm going to the Father. And now every time you look at me you're going to know that I'm not scrutinizing you I've already scrutinized myself and I am perfect and now I bring you into relationship Woo! my Lord my God that's good news that's real good news I got six minutes to stomp on the devil's head and then we're going to quit I may need seven, so be patient. The enemy was never meant to rule over humanity. Ever. Ever. You can find out in study that when Jesus told Peter, upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I emphatically believe that the Lord was speaking to Peter about the revelation of, of his sacrifice I, I believe that 
But it's interesting to me that historians tell us the place where Peter received that word of affirmation. It was on the Mount of Hermon, highest peak in Israel. What we may not know without some study in Jewish history is the Mount of Hermon was a place where pagan worshipers would come and they would offer sacrifices and all of this demonism and debauchery took place on Mount Hermon it was known Mount Hermon was known as the gate of hell but the Lord was so sheepish and intimidated that he didn't know what to say that's not what it read was it no, he said, let me tell you what's going to happen, Peter, upon the knowledge of, of the fact that I am the Son of God, that it has been tetelestai, that it is finished, it's complete, and I'm going to complete the work, and the fact that you know that I'm the Messiah, that, I've, that you've been brought out of sin into right relationship with me, let me tell you what we're going to do a little step further. We're going to take the enemy and put him back where he belongs, under the feet of the church. He's going to be defeated. One day he'll be ultimately destroyed, but today he's going to be defeated in the knowledge. And let me tell you where I'm going make this declaration I'm gonna make it right here at the place that they call the gate of hell pretty good stuff isn't it we lose out on a lot but when we understand as a Jew understands that it brings a whole lot of clarity to us amen let me tell you the Lord Jesus Christ is not in the same weight class as the enemy the devil is a created being in heaven above, hear me, in heaven above, the will of God is not refuted. There is choice. There is choice. When God, there's imagers in heaven, the angelic host are in heaven. But when God created man in this domain, he gave him the authority on this earth, this terra firma that we walk on. We relinquished authority in the first Adam. We are born into the image of the man of dust. But when we're born again, we're a new race of people. In the image of the last Adam. And we walk on the earth in the authority of Christ. I can't tell you why I understand everything because I don't. But what I do know is the word of God is truth and it is life. And it's not depend his kingdom doesn't come forth because of my righteousness. It is because of relationship with the Lord. Now the enemy is defeated. I'm closing with this. I only stomped on his head for four minutes and I should have gone further. The enemy has reared his ugly head against you and so many maniacal ways childhood forward he has targeted you possibly swayed your parents from walking in covenant leaving the door wide open for all kinds of horrific things that happen and you somewhere in our western theological mind or, or even just not even to blame it on the west maybe in our fallen broken state we somehow 
attributed everything that happened as the will of God. That the suicide of my father, the abuse of a stepfather, the mental illness of my mother, and all the mistakes that I made, and all the mistakes that I made against me, was somehow God's fault. But when he brought me into relationship with him, he said, now son, you can start a new tradition. Because I not only brought you in to be a new race of people, I brought your children to have the opportunity to enter that new race. Listen to me, moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is here. The helper is here. And you know what his job is? To convince your children to return to the image of the Father. What is his job? To show you what true righteousness is. What is he telling you today? The enemy has been defeated on Calvary. And you, I have given you authority, church, because I have authority to do what? To go preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. Let's go reach the nation. Father, give us an open heaven in this house and understanding by the illuminating power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, we're not going to relegate the Holy Spirit to a corner. He is in full control of this place. Holy Spirit, you do what you want to do in our hearts, in our homes, in this house, in this city. My Lord God, I don't want a form of God and not and deny the power. I want the very power of God to create the form in me. Amen? I'm tired of being informed in the world that's forming me. I want to be informed by God and let God inform me who I am. I want us to do this today. I want you to stand as our worship team makes their way up. I'm going to wait just a minute on the Holy Spirit. I'm not knowing how he wants to close this, but we're going to wait just a minute. I know you're here, Lord. We know you're here. We know God the Son made it because we can experience your presence, be filled with your glory. Lord, I thank you for the revival that I see in the, the very faces of those that are here. The world would have gave them up. They gave themselves up. But Lord, you never gave up. You kept going after, going after, going after, going after. Because they are your children. Father, I know that you got a love. And you want to reveal even a deeper the hearts of your children. Father, I, I sense there are those in this house that are still struggling whether or not you really love them. I pray just like little Eleanor understands at three years of age how much her nanny and pops love her. I pray that the magnification and the exponential love you have for us 
may be revealed in the hearts of those that are in this house today. Now, Father, there are those whose children, whose children's children, lost and alone and away from you. We pray for them today. Father, that you will bring them into your image. And they may walk in victory. There are those, Lord God, in this house today that are so engrossed with fear, frustration, and feel like the enemy's winning. I pray that you will reveal yourself in them. Folks, would you pray this with me? I want us to pray for the greater manifestations of revival through transformed lives, transforming from darkness to light, from false image to God's image. I want us to pray this morning for revival. Would you lift your hands to the Lord if it wouldn't, if it wouldn't bother you, and even if you're able? Some of you need your shoulders healed so you can lift your hands. Come on. Let's just lift our hearts to the Lord. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, come on, let, let your voices be heard. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, the name which is above every name. Lord, we don't want one of our loved ones, Lord God, one of the lost, Lord God, one of the harvest, Lord God, one that living under the, Lord, one who has a penthouse on Wall Street, Lord God, and one, Lord God, living under a bridge. Lord, we don't want to see any one of them, Lord God. Lord, not a single one of them, Lord God, who has a, a healthy bank account, and Lord, one who has no bank account. Lord, we pray, Father God, for the least to the greatest, Lord God, those whose, whose final hours, Lord God, they're about to step into eternity. Lord, we pray for a rescue, Lord God, of their soul. We pray, Father, for the teenager, Lord God, who is living so close to the edge. He's about to fall off that cliff. In the name of Jesus, we pray for the convincing work of the Holy Spirit to move. Father, we ask, oh God, for that, Lord, that young mother, Lord God, whose heart is broken, Lord God, who has faced such devastation, Lord God. Lord, because of the things that have happened to her, she feels lost and alone. I pray in Jesus' name that right now, that right now, Lord God, that she would be enveloped by the love of the Lord. I pray, Father, for those in this house, Lord Jesus, to receive revelation of what you have done the victory you have afforded Holy Spirit convince us of the love and the inheritance and the authority that has been purchased for us Holy Spirit we welcome you in every service we welcome you in every prayer meeting we welcome you in our homes we welcome you Lord on our workplace we welcome you Lord in our areas of, of shopping Lord God we we welcome you Holy Spirit we ask Almighty God for revival because Lord there's one thing we know of certain we need you we need you we need you good word Bible tells us to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. Why does he tell you to do that? Because he loves you with all of his heart, his mind, and his soul. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing that. Let's sing that song again. Oh, how he loves me. just can't get away from this. I'm going to ask you today, if you're going through a very difficult time, your heart's broken, you just need a hug from your father, just to let you know it's okay. Let him mend those fragments. Let him take them bring them back. You may be a touch me not. But let me tell you, your father's arms are open wide today. He just wants to embrace you. If that's for you, come on. Just, yeah, I'm asking, come on. Just come on and just stretch your arms out and say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I just need a hug from my father. Come on. Come on. Come on, there's some more in here. Come on. It's all right. Everybody needs a hug now and again. I'm a hugger. Come on, we're going to wait on you. Some of you are going through some, some, some pretty good losses of late. Some of you have just been in a, in a place where you just haven't felt things are right. Just need a, just a little encouraging hug. Come on, it's all right. It's all right. What do 